I'm Chris. I'm Dan. And I'm Alex. Welcome to Glue Dads. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, kind of a recurring segment we plan on doing. What are you currently working on? And so I'm going to kick it over to our boy, Chris. Uh, so give us a rundown on what you're working on in the shop. Yeah. So uh, I've been working on trying to organize my wood shop a little bit more because it is very, I know where everything's at, but nobody else does. And I'm trying to get a little more organized. So I've been working on a French cleat system. Installing a yeah on one of the walls of my wood shop, which I started you know the other day, and I've made like three things to put on it, so it's coming along great. There seems to be a ton of French cleat ideas on the interwebs, but like trying to bring that into my shop and how I want it to be has been a little bit tougher than I thought it was going to be. So for those listening at home, what is a French cleat system? A French cleat is like a uh, forty-five degree angle cut board i'm just trying to use my hands like that works <laughs> um it's attached to the wall and then you have a 45 degree angle the other way they would attach to that so it's very sturdy easy way to attach to the wall and then still be modular where you can move them around so when those pieces come together they dock nicely very nice yeah, it kind of locks in place very much locks in place. was this invented in france or like uh, probably i mean i don't know before so, after the french fry <laughs> probably before so I'm curious, what do you? Why do you feel compelled to all of a sudden kind of just organize and clean up? Well, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of things in my wood shop. So <laughs> a few workbenches that are mostly covered, and I have little spots where I work here and there. And so I'm just trying to start over and uh, clean everything out. So why did you decide on the French cleat system? Because I've looked at that before and wasn't quite sure I could be as effective as I thought. So I'm kind of moved to use metal peg pegboard type things. I think uh. Yeah, well, uh, a French cleat is pretty easy because you don't have to buy hardware like all the pegs or all the uh, whatever pieces, metal pieces for the pegboard. Mm -hmm. And then I saw one of our friends, Mark, posted that he just did a French cleat in his garage. And I thought, I should revisit that. And because it's pretty much you can build any shape thing to attach to the French cleat wall that you want. So it's yeah. a lot more customizable than just a, a uh, pegboard with metal it is obviously it's way more time consuming to make, but I feel like in the I mean I also have a an eighty foot long wood shop, so I have a wall that I'm not doing anything with, so I have tons of wall space that I can just you know attach all the things to if I really put my mind to it. Yeah, I will say I'm I'm pretty impressed with the way it's looking so far. You only have a few attachments so far, mm -hmm. uh, but they look really good, and I I'm actually pondering how I can make it work in my shop. I'm definitely open for suggestions. <laughs> on um, on more no shortage of those here right yeah on more on more uh i don't even know what they'd be called the pieces that you attach to put your tools on to make it more organized Organ organizational yeah. Th things yeah and uh, as far as in your shop true organizational alignment in your shop, Dan, it seems like it would be a little bit trickier because you have so much more i mean your wall space is so much more limited than mine with the garage door and then your water heater and cabinets and yeah, washer I mean, and dryer. I have that um, stretch of pegboard. I basically put up the day I moved in. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's right. And I probably replaced that because uh, I, I've, I got that side and then I have the other side. I wonder if you could put up higher. Well, I guess you did build that shed so you can clean out your yeah. move everything out of your garage. It's not wood. Yeah. Are you like subtly trying to make fun of a smaller shop? No, I'm just trying to say that I understand why he wouldn't want to do a French cleat system because he does in his shop. Wall space is more of a premium. So is. this is so this was what I was sort of wondering initially. Uh, 
and Dan, I think you would be able to provide some insight on this with the, the cleat system. You can really customize your structure and like, cause I have a lot of weird shaped tools that I have tried pegboard in the like pegboard system and I can never find the right, uh, peg or hanger mm-hmm. and you can only buy like three or four different types. And Where so you find them online and they take three yeah, weeks to get here. It's just like a nightmare. So have you've had problems with using your pegboard system? Yeah. So I've, I've done a lot of those just straight long pegs. Uh, and then, you know, I've done the ones with, you know, I don't know, there's eight little loops there. You can put some screwdrivers in and then like they've got the dual pegs. You can hang the hanger, the hammer heads through and stuff, but it's not ideal. It's always trying to force it in there. Um, one thing that I invested in about a year ago, uh, I think wall control makes it, it's a metal pegboard system and they're more, instead of just being circle peg type holes, they're more slots Mm. and they have a special, um, assortment of attachments or whatnot there that are really meant for the variety of kind of things you want to attach. So it's much easier to kind of build what you want there and get the organization you want, but they're a little bit more costly. And it's not yeah. something you can modify yourself really. Yeah. That's what I like about your French cleat. Besides that, it takes a lot of time to make those things is that you can customize it yourself and make the exact thing you need for that space. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that a lot of my pegboard has got sucked up by uh, clamp storage. Because mm-hmm. I just got those probably eight inch or ten inch pegs mm-hmm. sticking out there with mm-hmm. all the all sparks the clamps hanging off of them. I did see a pretty good one today for the French cleat where they had all their all their uh, clamps mm-hmm. attached to, which I think I might work on that one next. Because right now I just have them hanging from the ceiling, and people walk through the shop and hit them and knock them all off the wall. It's because you have a five yeah. ceiling. Well, I mean, it's an old pig. My wood shop is an old pig barn, so the ceiling is low, and uh, but you know whatever. Well, and I was wondering if, uh, I was wondering what do you do with all your broken Harbor Freight clamps? I throw them away. Oh, okay. I should try and return them. Remember that warranty we talked about last time? I know. It's just a callback to our loyal listeners that uh, listened to episode one. I I will want to do a call out real quick. My sister, who is not very familiar with tools or anything to do with woodworking or anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. She listened to our podcast. Oh, my. And the f- only thing she really provided back to us was, I agree that Harbor Freight is crap. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I was in Harbor Freight today. Uh, they're reorganizing the whole place. It looks way different than it did last time I was there. I'm kind of surprised. You can find the junk a little bit easier. Yeah. Well, they might be rebranding they after had, they listen to our podcast. They had so much stuff on clearance. I just wanted all the things. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, okay, Dan. So Chris is really going down a heck of a rabbit hole trying to clean his shop, which I really appreciate because it gives me heart palpitations every time I come into his shop because it's a little bit chaotic. So, uh, Dan, fill us in on what's, uh, what projects uh, you're currently working on. So the holidays are over. Um, and during the holidays, we're just so busy with our shop that it, it really turns into a mess. Basically, what Chris is is year-round. Ours <laughs> tries to reach that level. Um, so the first thing I did is I, I was actually inspired by our friend Mark and Chris doing all their organization. So I got out here and I started cleaning up real well. And then within a week of another project, you know, it started to fall apart again. But I do have hopes of near term doing a, basically a whole new makeover of the shop. But right now what I'm focused on is getting some wood out of my space so I can do that. And we've been working on trying to do a little bit of a kitchen renovation for, gosh, years, really. And so we've taken down a probably six foot cabinet, um, which you know gave that to Chris, and then that really opened up the space. And then we took down another two door cabinet where all of our kind of dishware and stuff was, um, and we're doing open shelving there. And so oh. we've got some really great um, metal bracket kind of L brackets that we got from a local company uh, that does iron work. I think they're called Cascade 
Ironworks or something here in Silverton, right up this road. And then, so we're we're doing a three tier system there. Um, so I got some slabs and I cut those down and planed them down to the right uh, length, and we mounted our first one today. So that was pretty exciting. So the next steps will be really getting those next two uh, shelves in, and then we're going to continue sanding all of our existing cabinets that are still there, and then we're going to be priming and uh, painting them, trying to do a little makeover. So you're going more down the route of home improvement projects now. Yeah, definitely. But winter busy season with your businesses slowed down do when do you think when is the slowest part of your business i'd say it's really i think january is really like all those people that forgot to get christmas orders for folks Mm -hmm. uh so there's a spike at the start of january and then probably into march it's a little bit slower yeah and then it starts speeding up again either with a graduation father's Mm -hmm. day things like that and then we'll kind of level out and just be that level all the way to the holidays again. So basically you have the next two months to really organize and redo your wood shop. Yeah. And you'll be invited over to help me. with. My- oh, good. I can't wait. Yeah. I did see when I was looking at organizational things, a guy said, if it's a piece of wood smaller than your hand, throw it away. I've got a pile of those in the corner. And my wife always like, oh, we could use it for this. Because we, we do a lot of smaller craft mm-hmm. things for Etsy. And so we try to rescue those. Yeah. And I try not to let her see them just because <laughs> I will fill up boxes and I'll give them to friends and family that will burn them. Yeah. Uh, I've got wood uh, stoves and whatnot. So I'm, I've burned so much. I've probably burned more wood and scraps out of my wood shop this last month than you have in your shop completely. And uh, I still have, I still keep finding more. And I really took that guy's advice to heart. And, you know, it's small and, you know, it might be some cool looking piece of maple or whatever, but it's like, what am I going to use this for? So the worst thing about Chris is he has, I have to pay for my wood and <laughs> he he has some sources. And so he'll send me things like, Hey, can you use this? I'm going to throw it away. I'm like, yeah, I'll use that. And even like, he's got stacks of these plywood that I've always has use for plywood doing some sort of improvement in the shop. And he sends me these pictures of, I got a stack of these 20 pieces of, you know, two foot by one foot plywood sheets here. Yeah, I'll take it. And then a day later I see all that plywood he built into something. And probably you know, half the time it doesn't work out, so it goes in the burn pile anyway. So I was like, well, well, it is nice. that could have been mine. But I still have tons more of that stuff. So, you know, it's not like it's, I don't have more. Yeah. So it's definitely handy. I think all that plywood will come in handy with my French cleat system because I'll be able to make all those small holders and parts with just these scraps of plywood that I get from the plywood mill. And that's definitely the big selling point for me is that it's not going to cost me anything to build this system. Yeah. Because... Also, as you know, Dan said, how you said you don't like to, you know, you like to try to the easiest way to build mm-hmm. something. I like to try to find the cheapest way to build something. Sure, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it works, just like Harbor Freight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Alex, you haven't really taught us what you're working on right now. What's your oh, focus? Oh, um, I didn't really think our fans really cared about my woodworking projects. Mm, um, but uh, I actually dabbled in a different medium. I don't know if you guys ever kind of dip your toes into other uh, crafts uh, outside of wood. Um, But I got the pleasure of installing a a rubber floor this weekend. And uh, we kind of converted a downstairs bedroom into a home gym. And uh, it was, it was exciting. The rubber floor turned out to be really difficult, uh, quite a bit more difficult than I thought it would be. So it was kind of fun working with something else. Uh, There are these rubber puzzle jigsaw pieces, if you will. And they're like uh, interlocking rubber pieces, and it turned out to 
pretty well shred my hands because I have soft keyboard hands. Is it like the like that foam stuff, or is it more like the horse mat? It's more like rubber? it's it's legit horse mat horse mat sort of like gym floor rubber and it's uh it's textured on one side which was really what killed my hands trying to put the puzzle pieces together i even used a freaking rubber mallet uh for a while and like it was pretty brutal but it was a pretty fun project and now our downstairs of our house smells like rubber uh so i put in a little bit of um a diffuser thing a lavender diffuser now it smells like uh, rubber lavender uh so it's pretty good so you feel very sort of a lot of jokes right here I do think that you know that the flooring you talked about might not be the exact thing, but the way you, the picture you sent looks like a lot of uh, woodworkers actually put that in their shop. It helps their feet, you know, as they're walking around. It's a flat surface; so they can easily clean up. Mm-hmm. So I have I've put the foam puzzle piece tiles in front of my one of my workbenches and my table saw because those are where I, the places I stand the most, and I can definitely tell the difference. I got yeah. one of those like inch and a half mats from Costco. Mm-hmm. Those one of those relief mats. And I put it right in front of my main spot in my workbench. I'm kind of surprised how uh, much it helps. I didn't think it really would. Yeah, no, this is basically the exact same stuff as those foam mats, but it's a little bit thinner. It's a little more durable. It's about eight or nine millimeters. I can't quite remember. But Speaking of redoing your floors, Alex, that reminds me that I still have your entire downstairs hardwood floor in a box in my warehouse because someday I might need that for something you, you are joking you I are I have you have to be joking i saved it all oh my goodness alex Folks. meticulously took out all of his hardwood floor and his downstairs didn't break any of it and i came over and i got it because you know it was nice like inch you know three quarter inch thick oak floor i mean i don't know what i need it for but i have a whole house worth you you have a problem i will say do not try to plane it it just ruins your oh, internet yeah i was just gonna burn it but I haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> okay. Well, no, that, so that makes me feel. It's kind of cool to do with that kind of stuff. You can put the planks together and kind of make it look like shiplappy, whatever, and then make signs on, like burn with the laser signs. But I have so much of that yeah, stuff. But so it's you, never going to happen. It's one of those things. It's like, man, I might do something with that in thirty-seven years, but I'm probably not. Well, if you kept like four or five planks, yeah. I'd be like, oh, that'd be cool. You do something fun with. You literally kept like a thousand square feet of hardwood floor. I did. I did keep. A lot of hardwood floor. Have you seen that wall uh, behind the our local hardwood place, hard, the hardwood oh, center? Yeah, that's that all. accent wall they have. That's you mm. know, it looks like flooring. Maybe that that's a good idea. And I could do an accent wall in my wood shop with your. The, I think they've stained them in little different colors, uh, but it looks really. Yeah, cool. that's right. I forgot about that. Shout yeah. out to the uh, hardwood center. Fantastic place to pick up your hardwoods and other sundry woodworking. Areas. They have so much wood there. Um, I could do this entire outside of my laser room. Yeah. With Alex's floor. Or when you uh, put your insulation in, you could put on the whole oh, bit in that way. Yeah. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I can so many that. ideas. So see, it's a good thing I saved all that. I could support that. Okay. I can get behind that idea. Because I'm nice. going to use it someday. <laughs> so are we ready to talk about our next topic? What is the one thing that we would make if we could only make one thing the rest of our lives? Ooh, that sounds juicy. Tricky. You could only make mm. one item, but you could sell it so you could make money off of it. But what would that one item be? I'd make curbage boards. I enjoy making curbage boards. How, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good product. I mean, how long does it take to make a curbage board? Well, if I cheat and use my CNC machines. Which you should. Less than an hour. Oh, that's not bad. Hmm? Preach. I don't think our listeners can hear Dan because he forgot how to use a microphone. Sorry about that. Yeah, I guess. I'd say it takes me about 20 minutes to cut all the holes, to drill all the holes and to cut the shape out. But then between finishing, I'm like, but I could knock one out in an hour and a half. If I like, actually could focus on one thing long enough. Long yeah, I'm enough sure if you to... probably batch that out in kind of a 
process. Yeah. You but a little bit more too, yeah. Cribbage boards are fun because there's all different shapes and sizes and you can do different patterns. And, and everyone loves them and they'll pay a good price for them too. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good product. Dan, what do you think? One one item. You know, all you get is one item. That's hard because uh, we have a, you know, we're all passionate about disc golf. So uh, my wife and I have a little business and we do a lot of disc golf bottle openers, kind of mount to the wall, magnet behind them kind of thing. Uh, and those sell really well for us. But, you know, thinking large scale market, I'd probably go into the cutting boards area. Just mm, cutting boards. You don't think cutting boards are? Everyone needs a cutting board. Everyone's fascinated by wood cutting, cutting board. You find the right market, they do really well. Yeah. Do you think those stand up well in the dishwasher? Oh God. <laughs> wood should not go in the dishwasher, Alex. Why is that? Just the same reason all wood furniture outside does poorly over time. Our That's wood, not true. I've got lacquered uh, wine barrel chairs. They do pretty good. Our wooden spoons lacquer will wear are down, right? coming apart. Our wooden spoons are coming apart because they get put in the dishwasher every day. Exactly. I, you're not supposed to put a wood spoon in the dishwasher? Apparently not. No. But How mean, do you clean it? They're so cheap that you just buy a new one. Just burn it. Use it as kindling. Hmm. That could work. Have you made wooden spoons yet, Dan? Uh, I've made I made a wooden spatula once. Mm-hmm. Gave it to my wife and the, the two-year-old ran around with it for a while before it made it its way to the trash can. Um, <laughs> that so sounds like a lot of re- my projects. Definitely refine it. It was made out of hickory. It was gorgeous. Oh. It just honestly the... Uh, functionality and refinement of it mm-hmm. need a little bit of love. I bet it would have gone well for spanking. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, so cutting boards. So how many times, you know, that's not a bad one. I'm trying to think of what I, what I would mass produce. I think I'm going to go with um, the classic rocking chair. Rocking chairs? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like I can make some dollars. Interesting. And it'd be a labor of love. I feel like rocking chairs are like not very pop- not popular. Among the, yeah, kids, among the kids these days. I'm, like, I'm targeting adults. Like, like the grandma. Several comments here. I think I think rocking chairs are a staple and like they're prime for nostalgia moments for their kids. A rocking chair is one of those things that I have always wanted to build as well. Yeah. It's like but it's like one of those things, like you can't rush it. Like, you know, there's no easy way to build a rocking chair. Like so you have to do it. For every time right someone way. says rocking chair, they want to build a rocking chair. Mm-hmm. I think of um, the movie The Patriot. The Patriot. Yeah. Yep. Every yep. time. And I feel like that would be my first 100 attempts. What? But I've also seen. What is that? I've never seen that. But oh, The my. Patriot is based in. Uh, it's a war movie with Mel Gibson. Shout out uh, my boy Heath Ledger. He was really good in that. Um, Pre revolutionary. What does it have to do piece. with rocking chairs? Um, and so he is a hobby. So he's like an ex military general and he's not doing military business anymore. He's like retired at home, mm-hmm. loving life with his family. And his hobby, his like a hobby to get his aggression out is making rocking chairs. Mel Gibson or Mel Keith Gibson? Ledger? Mel Gibson, yeah. And so he shows there's a scene of him making them and just sitting in them and testing them and <laughs> just always breaking. And he has. That cuts to like a giant pile of like probably a hundred broken rocking chairs because he can't get the rocking chair down to where it won't just break. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it's a great it's a great scene. I've also seen there's a lot of people you know if you're looking at um, Instagram and, and other like YouTube type of woodworking things, there's people that do really well making rocking chairs or they start off just wanting to make one for themselves and then it turns into a, a business. So it's definitely high demand out there. We've had a few come through our house. Definitely feels like it's more for the older generation without kids running around and jumping on them constantly. Yeah. But I think because we don't live in revolutionary war times, you could probably find out on the internet how to make a rocking chair that won't yeah, break. Yeah, I feel like the revolutionary war would have been a lot harder to figure out how to build a rocking chair the right way without it breaking. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can do it. I think maybe you should try it. I feel like you should try it, Alex. Oh, I don't have the tools for that, though. Well, you know, yeah. 
Okay, if you, Mel Gibson can do it in 1770s before the Revolutionary War, I think you can figure it out. Was it before the Revolutionary War? I thought War? It was, he said it was after because he did I all this war stuff. No, he, so that was a French Indian War that he did it. <laughs> and then he was re, semi retired. He was then, in the Revolutionary is this War. Though? Historically accurate. I didn't realize that it started during that time. Because they had, you know, he went to the whole convention in Charlottetown. Yeah. And that's when they kind of decided that they're going to fight. Yeah. So well, he, it was just so, before, like a month before. Yeah. We'll call him. He and was then building chairs. a bit before they signed the Declaration of 1776. So yeah. The Declaration of 1776 or the Declaration of Independence? Which Declaration of Independence. Okay. Declaration in 1776. Oh, okay. Um, that makes more sense. Did you guys see Independence Day with Will Smith? Oh, yeah. Pretty good movie. One Have two. you seen his new show, Welcome to Earth? I haven't. I saw, I saw I saw commercials, but I haven't I watched it. I thought that was kind of funny. I haven't watched um, it. Okay, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going rocking chair for sure. Rocking chair yeah. for sure. Is it late? You're not going to make a ton of them. No. I just make them in my leisure. I mean, um, yeah. I think it would be fun to make... I think it would be fun to make one... Like, I'm fascinated with making things like the old-fashioned way with hand tools, but like, oh, that's I, I, ain't got no, go. I ain't got no time for that. Oh, you only got to make stuff with hand tools. You guys use power tools? I don't use power tools. Well, you got to make stuff with hand no. tools. Plain it. Dan thinks he does, but... He doesn't. I, I do. I love the idea as well. And so I have experimented. I've got, you know, uh, tools. Tools. <laughs> so I have a, a variety of hand planes and scrapers and things like that just to kind of get into it. Um, but from my actual moment that I hate the most, it's not the planing. I actually like planing. I'm fascinated as that world wood curls off. Um, that's a saw piece. I oh, that's stand. my favorite part. Mm, Going back just getting into arm. it. Mm. That's why I have a bandsaw, table a saw. saw my yeah. saw. Ugh. I take care of that. I'm not going to do this handsaw stuff. That's not bad, though. I don't mind sawing. I don't mind sawing. Yeah, with the, with the canoe I'm working on, like, it's like, you use a, go get a coping saw and, like, cope all these angles. And I did, like, two of them. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I'm going to get my Dremel with the with the vibrating little saw thing on it, and I'm just going to cut them in two seconds. Like, I don't have time to sit here for an hour. Uh, with a multi-tool, those, those rotating. Yeah, ones. that's what I mean, that multi-tool, but it's a general brand. But yeah, oh, yeah like, yeah. I don't have no time to sit there with a coping saw for an hour to cut. Exactly. I don't even know what a coping saw is. It's just... Does it help you cope? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. It copes mm. with the wood. Hmm. Okay. It's like a pipe I saw. I got one a good, at a uh, estate sale a while back. What's that other one you have that's like that super thin... I think it's called a pole saw. Pole saw. But that's like a whole different genre right yeah 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 but that's fancy those are fancy saws though they're very sharp it, it's i use it occasionally mostly if you know i'm trying to cut off a, cut dowel. Something that's a dowel or something um bring it flush right before i sand it flat mm-hmm. or plant it flat i'll just uh or you just run it over the bandsaw in two seconds and you're done well usually the things i'm doing are a little too large to kind of fit sideways mm, okay. that's all that's for one of your favorite recurring segments dad jokes with dan and a reminder the goal of this segment is to make these other two laugh. So Which here we go. is impossible. Very impossible. All right. We'll start off with a dad joke about dads. Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? Hmm. In case they get a hole in one. <laughs> God dang it. You got me. You got me. Only because you're a golfer. Dang it. I got to like close. I can't, I can't look at Chris. Well, I don't just... know if I should even do the other two now. Gosh darn it. That was pretty good. All right. We'll do a bad one just to kind of okay. clear, that. They're clear, all bad. clean our palate. They're all bad. Why do dogs float in water? Because they are good buoys. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That was not, I don't like that one. All right. And the, the last one of the night here. What did the jander say when he jumped out of the closet? Uh, supplies. 
Okay. So <laughs> I, I want to laugh at that, but like, why would janitors have supplies? In the closet. You're cleaning supplies. Oh, okay. Well, I don't like it. Hard right, pass. Hard pass. Well, folks, um, uh, some of our loyal listeners have really uh, supported us uh, during our first episode, and they've asked about uh, a Facebook fan group so they can provide commentary, really stay in touch with the wood glue dads or glue dads, depending on your preference. Uh, so what about that, guys? Do you think like a Facebook group? I feel like I always get signed up for creating these uh, Facebook groups for because all of our ventures. you are the project manager. Mm. And, and you're a, you've got an MBA, you're marketing, you know everything. Yeah. All right. Well, how about we make a deal? If we can get a five five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, not four and a half stars like Alex's dad would give us, but five five-star <laughs> reviews, I will create a fan page. All right. All right, folks. The the gauntlet has been thrown down. You loyal listeners out there, go give us a review and you'll get yourself a Facebook fan page. All right. With that, I appreciate you all listening with your ear holes and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you all. See ya. Peace out.